What's going on, everybody? I'm C.W. Allen with my co-host, Jared Hammernick, and you are tuned in to The Switchback. Keep it locked. I just want to do God's will. Beloved community scripture, as well as race and identity. Climbing this mountain. This is your podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is C.W. Allen, and I do not have Jared Hammernick with me, but he's with me in spirit. (laughs) Today I get to get on the line with an amazing friend of mine. She is a Cleveland native. She's a retired teacher and she loves people and loves God. This woman will pray some stuff up and I'm excited that I got to uh, hear about what she's doing now in her retirement days and how she's using her time wisely. Uh, Miss Rita Ballinger is just a person that once you meet her, you realize just how special she is. She loves women. And that's why we want to highlight her for uh, Women's History Month. She works with organizations and young ladies who might be trapped in sex trafficking. And I think this is something that is very important for us to talk about during this time and this season. We should always be talking about it. But today we get to focus on it uh, specifically in this context of Women's History Month. So keep it locked and I hope you enjoy the interview. How you doing, Rita? Good. Good to hear from you, CW. Good to have you on as well. And uh, as you all have know, this month, we're celebrating the ladies. We're talking about uh, Women's History Month. We're also just uh, looking at different women who are pioneering or doing amazing things, not just in their faith, but also just when it comes to justice issues. And, and we want to really highlight that. We think it's important that the ladies get some shine. A lot of times they get shafted. So we wanted to make sure we took our time <laughs> and let y'all know that we appreciate you. Everybody come from a mama. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yep so uh Rita, Rita Ballinger is a, a longtime friend of mine a mother figure to me as well mm-hmm. great supporter of, of what I do and just a, has been walking with me probably since what I was 14 years old maybe when we met oh yeah it's been a long time <laughs> um, <laughs> so bad too fast <laughs> I'm 31 now so it's, it's been some time yeah yeah time flies yeah. but um uh, Rita if if you would tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe uh, just just who you are, where you're from. Okay. All right. Well, my name is Rita Ballinger, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I was raised in a big family. I'm number 10 of 11. Oh. And, um, yeah, how about that? And um, I have two children, and I have five grandchildren. And I've lived in Cleveland my whole life, and I love it here. Great, great, cool, cool. And uh, you now, did you? You've always lived in Cleveland. You worked in Cleveland as well, or outside the city? Yes, yes. I had I my job. Um, I had one long career. Uh, I was a surgical technologist for thirty years at Metro Health Medical Center, so and I also taught. Say that again. What what did that career look like? So a surgical technologist is the one in surgery who is standing next to the surgeon passing the instrument. Okay, okay, gotcha. And um, for the last 10 years, I also taught the surgical technology uh, program at the, uh, at the uh, two-year college here, the community college. Tracy. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you recently retwi- retired. Is it what, two, three years out? Well, it is longer than that. We are seven oh, really? years out. Wow. I'm working on my eighth That's year. It. You believe it? 
Oh my gosh. Wow. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Right, right. How's retired life? I love it. I love it. And you stay pretty busy, so I got a lot to do with it. Yeah, but I still have margin in my life, and that's what I like. I'm not busy all the time. True. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. that's definitely one of those areas now that I I recently started working, you know, full time pretty much for myself is learning like the margin space and making sure you take breaks, enjoy them. Because I think when Mm -hmm. you enjoy what you do, you can easily find yourself not scheduling margin time or doing that, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, you pay for terms. You You do. You get burned out eventually. You have to, you know, uh, just take a break every now and refresh. That's real. So mm-hmm. the the big reason that we wanted to get you on is is we wanted to talk about this amazing work that you have going on uh, called the Abolition Bakery. If you would tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what the bakery is and maybe like the genesis of it. Sure. So Abolition Bakery is a home produced bakery that is entirely volunteer run. And the mission of Abolition Bakery is twofold. One is to raise awareness of human trafficking, and the other is to take the proceeds and donate the proceeds uh, to human trafficking organizations in order to help the victims. Okay, so, so how did you get involved with serving those who are caught up or working with people caught up in human trafficking? Okay, well, when... When I retired, uh, the college surprised me with 55 free credit hours, and I didn't want to take a real degree because I just want to have fun now. So I decided to take their culinary program, and I focused on their baking track. And at the same time, I went to a human trafficking presentation, and I was surprised to find out that human trafficking is not only in the third world, but that it's here in this country, in our cities, and in my city. Yeah. And so I thought, what what can I do? So the first thing I did was I had this organization teach me how to give presentations. And that was my uh, the first thing I jumped into. And then as my... Um, two-year program of the baking was going on, I believe the Lord dropped a desire in my heart. And the desire was to try, I had the thought that I wanted to use the baking skills to somehow help the human trafficking survivors, but I didn't Mm. know what that would look like. And um, so the first thing the Lord did was he dropped a scripture in my heart uh, and that scripture was Numbers eleven seventeen, I believe. It, it's a verse when the Lord's talking to Moses, and he said that you will not have to strive alone, but that he was going to send others to help him carry the burden. Okay. And so I didn't, like I said, I really didn't know what that would, what, how that connected with anything. And then for about a year after that, there was kind of quiet, and I was just really waiting on the Lord. And then about a year, like I said, a year later, I was in my neighborhood, I was at a store, and I looked across the street, and I saw a new store that was opening. It was a going to be like a farmer's market type store. And so okay. I went in there, and I made a cold call, and I talked to the construction workers, and they gave me the owner's number. And I asked him if he'd like to sell my bread, and he said he would. And okay. uh 
Then I talked to a friend who's a graphic artist and she made a label and she created the logo for Abolition Bakery. And once we started selling the bread, the jobs just always kept coming. Um, and like I said, we remain home produced and we remain uh, volunteer operated. And that's why uh, we can uh, donate uh, most of the proceeds back because we have such a low overhead. Okay. Okay. Got you. Wow. That is, that is a great, uh, <laughs> great story and foundation for it. That is so cool. Okay. So how have you seen like your personal story maybe lend to your passion for this or um, you wanting to be as invested because this is, I don't, I don't foresee this being something that a lot of people can um, even handle, you know, emotionally, like, especially mm-hmm. if you're hands on with dealing with, you know, some of the young ladies or men who might have personally mm-hmm. been people stuck in the trafficking lifestyle. How, how have, have you seen your personal life for sovereign history kind of play into equipping you for this time? Boy, that's a good question. That's a good question. You know, the Lord has always given me a heart of compassion for those less fortunate. And um, so I think that that is part of it. And then I think that, you know, one of my spiritual gifts is serving. And so this is an outlet to serve others. Mm -hmm. And um, I I love to see a success story. And so the thought that these proceeds can be used, and lately we've been uh, donating to an organization called Remember New, and we've been uh, paying for the vocational training of women around the world. Uh, We paid for uh, one young girl in Bolivia to uh, get into vocational uh, cosmetology school. And then recently we were able to uh, send some money to uh, Kenya two young mm. women, young, eighth grade, uh, are going to sewing school. And uh, so the thought that this money that we're making baking can be translated to change the course of somebody's life in another yeah, part of the great. country or another part of the world, I mean, um, you know, that just, that's really motivating to me. Hmm. It's amazing how when we take things that we see as small, you know, uh, gifts or hobbies and they can become something so much bigger for somebody else. It's just amazing to hear baking kind of being a a big piece of, you know, this this work that you're doing is just wild. So how has it been been going for you with the Abolition Bakery? Is it like a thing where you all are doing great and you can't keep up orders? Is it break even? Is it struggling? Like what does that look like for you all from year to year since you've been up? (laughs) You're going to (laughs) die. This is our fifth year anniversary. It will be in June. Okay. And CW, because we keep the overhead low, we have donated $9,000. Whoa. What? Yeah. Yeah. I am not kidding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's people with far more, you know, uh, resources and things who don't even donate money in that way. And I mean, I know Mm -hmm. some people, 9,000 is not a lot, but, you know, to to me and you or, you know, to the average person, it's like, that's a nice amount of money to give away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, I bake to order. Uh, unless I'm doing something like a farmer's market or something where I have to, you know, bake ahead of time. 
but because I bake to order, um, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't lose money on inventory that way. Oh, and, uh, okay. yeah. yeah, so I'm not baking a bunch of stuff and having to throw it away because nobody bought it. So, yeah. um, and then, um, I think, I don't know if I told you that I started making cupcake bouquets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were praying about that for me. I believe that the Lord mm-hmm. would uh, open up that yep. territory for me. That's and right, he yeah. has. And it's been exactly one year, and the orders have been coming in, and I have had so much fun making these and uh, custom designing each one according to what the people want. And I think that of all the things that I bake, the cupcake bouquets for me are the most fun, and I'm most passionate about them okay and and do you do all of this by yourself or is there multiple people on on board with you yeah it depends on the job if it's one cupcake bouquet i can do that myself if there's more than one i'll have somebody come in and help or if we have a big wedding uh, i'll have a team of uh, volunteers come over and we'll create like an assembly line in in my uh, dining room and in my kitchen and you know we'll knock out a bunch of uh, cupcakes in a couple hours or a bunch of icing in a couple hours so it depends on the job but there's plenty of times when I have an assembly line of people here in my kitchen or in my dining room helping me yeah wow all of this in home mm-hmm. too that that is that's amazing that is mm-hmm. so cool to hear that like just what's happening with this whole situation it's just a really 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 dope uh setup you know as as we think about like the abolition bakery where do you see it going in the next few years is there a projected five-year plan or success or anything like that like are any thoughts about that no you know that that's an interesting question because um when i think of it i think i just want to be open-handed to what the lord wants to do with it okay so I don't have a specific goal in mind for it. So, no, my goal right now was just to fulfill the next order. And if, and you know, if if a new opportunities arrive, um, then, you know, we'll take that before the Lord when that comes and see if that's a path he wants us to go down. Um, gotcha. So right now, um, it's one order at a time. Okay. And now is the Abolition Bakery an official like nonprofit or more so just um, baking and, and just giving giving stuff away? We're actually an LLC. Okay. Okay. Great. Yep. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We are. Cool. What, what mm-hmm. is, um? I would love to hear maybe like a, a story or something where you kind of encountered uh, trafficking, because you mentioned that it's not just something, you know, like yeah. a lot of us yeah. can take, right? And we think it's just yeah. when you go to Europe yeah. or something. That yeah, right. It's right okay. here. And I think Atlanta's a really big hub of um, yeah. where, you know, people are snatching ladies out of the airports and things like that and in different places yeah. as well. But you've probably seen it right there in Cleveland. Is there a situation where, like, you kind of you kind of identified it and yeah. maybe even yeah, got to I, speak into the situation or something? Yeah, I can think of one, actually. Uh, about two summers ago, I was at uh, the local hospital, and I was in line, uh, the pharmacy line. And there was a man behind me, and he was about my age. And Mm -hmm. he called out to a young woman who was in, you know, probably in her 20s. 
he called out to her as if he knew her. And uh, then she got in line behind us. She was also waiting for uh, a prescription. And once he started talking to her, I realized that he didn't know her, but he was very friendly with her. Three minutes, maybe, maybe less. He had her on Facebook and he had her phone number. And he he said what his he wanted her to look up his Facebook page, and so I heard him say what his name was, and you know, it was making my hair stand up on the back of my head because all of the things that he was doing were the things that I've learned in human trafficking um, seminars. Uh, okay. He, immedi- he immediately. Well, first of all, he was a much older man, and he was pursuing a younger woman. So that's one sign right off the bat. Next was he immediately identified her vulnerability. Uh, She wasn't from this country. He identified that. Uh, She wasn't happy in this country. That was the next thing out of his mouth. You're not happy here, are you? And she said, no, I'm not. And then he began to tell her how beautiful she was and how he thinks that West African women are just gorgeous. And, you know, mm. then we, we really should be Facebook friends, he said. And, you know, my Facebook site is really clean. There's nothing bad on it. And um, and like I said, you know, then uh, they, you know, they uh, she he had her number and all that. And so when he went to the window, I turned to her and I said, honey, I said, you have to be careful. I said, not everybody who uh, seems this, this nice are really that nice. Not everybody is nice right, as right. they appear. And I actually had a card that had the human trafficking um, hotline number on it. And I said, you should take this just in case you ever need it. And um, so she she left and then he uh, he sat down next to me. And another young woman walked by. And when she walked by, he, you know, he, he called out to her. She totally ignored him. And she walked out the door and he followed her with his eyes all the way just to see if maybe she was going to turn around and look at him. So when I got home, I looked up his Facebook page and his Facebook page was nothing but young women. Wow. You know, usually in provocative poses, scantily dressed. And yeah. I was like, whoa, who is this guy? Is he, is he a recruiter? Is he a pimp? You know, I, right, I right. followed his site for a couple of weeks and that young girl's picture also ended up on his page. Wow. So, hmm. so it turned out that um, I was going to a prayer meeting um, on a regular basis. We were praying about human trafficking and uh, the one woman there actually runs a safe house. And so I told her my story and she brought it yep. up on her phone. And when she looked at it, she said, Rita, this is really bad. She said, the girls in the safe house has actually mentioned somebody, this guy's name. And, mm-hmm. um, and so she said, I'm giving this to the FBI. And um, later on, when I saw her, I said, you know, like, what happened with the FBI? And she said, uh, she said, I never know. She said, they don't tell me. She said, I just gave them the information. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that was, you wow. know, that was, uh, like I said, it was just making my hair stand up on the back of my neck to see him come on to her because mm. she was so vulnerable. Yeah. Wow, that's, man, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was just it's, in the pharmacy wow. line. And, you know, if she would have had, um, if she would have had somebody with her, she wouldn't have been vulnerable. 
not a mm-hmm. peer, but if she would have had somebody older or a brother or somebody, right. he wouldn't have gone after her. Mm. So, um, so I, you know, I don't know how it turned out, mm. but he at least he's on the radar of the FBI. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, hopefully they get him because he's no good. He's not good for business. <laughs> no, not at no, all. No. Wow. Wow. So you, uh, so now as as you, you know, you're fulfilling your orders, you're doing the bakery and, um, and just trying to help people where you can, what, what would you say to someone who's like thinking about maybe getting into this work or rather be hands on or, you know, doing it in a way that you are, where you're kind of funding the the work of others as well. Like Mm -hmm, how, how mm -hmm. what would be the best way for them to approach it or sit? Should they even approach it? I know sometimes that, you know, uh, depending on the personality and the person, they might have a, you know, saver's complex where they feel like, you know, that it's, it's it's a notch on their belt as a hero. So for some people, it might not be a good idea for them to try to do hands-on work. But what what would you say? Well, I would say the first thing that you want to do is you want to find out if there's like a collaborative organization in your area that the human trafficking um organizations are part of like in Cleveland we have something called the collaborative initiative and they are like the hub Uh, they are the information hub for human trafficking organizations and uh, so because what you don't want to do is rebuild the wheel so if you think you're going to start a work with human trafficking you want to be part of a bigger work that's already in process so that you can learn about the problem and, and be properly educated, and so yeah. that other people in the um, organizations know that you're out there, and um, not only to support you but to guide you. So what you don't want to do is just start off on your own and just hammering away at this your own. You want to be part of a a bigger uh, umbrella if there is an umbrella in your um in your area got you okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. that's very wise too i I think a lot of times especially when you think about you know um uh, some of our listeners may not be christians but um just when you think about those of us who you know do work because of our faith and our faith background sometimes we just jump out there right and we don't think about the person next to us who's already doing the work and we can learn mm-hmm. and, and grow right next to them. And it could be, so, right. it could be way more efficient, kind of like you just said, not reinventing the wheel. So thank you right. for that. dropping, you know, you know, how people can um, best find and, and, and know how to, how to connect with others. What would you say right. to a person who might be, you know, caught up in the lifestyle as far as a victim, uh, if they're listening and they want to want to be free or whatnot? I would say that there's so many people out there who want to see you have a better life. And, um, and, and, and whatever you need to do to be courageous, to break away, uh, do it, do it as safely as you can and as quickly as you can. And like I said, there are so many people who are out there to help you have a new life. Hmm. I appreciate yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. If that's you out there and, and you're listening, yeah, there's definitely others who love you and, and they want to see you you flourish even if you don't feel like it. So please get the get the necessary help and, and get, get yourself to a safe place. It, it's not yeah. 
it's not impossible. It's not impossible yeah. out here. No. Rita, mm -hmm. where, where can people order from the Abolition Bakery? Um, they can go to abolitionbakery at gmail.com. Okay. Or they can visit okay. us on our Facebook site. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So look yeah. up the Abolition Bakery on Facebook, folks. Mm -hmm. And you can shoot Rita and the company an email as well if you want to make an order. Do you all do orders outside of Cleveland or is it more so locally based? Well, it depends on the product. Uh, we could, there are some things we can ship. Uh, obviously, we couldn't ship a cupcake bouquet, but, uh, but yeah, sure. when we, when possible, we, we do ship. Okay, great, great. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Well, folks, uh, we've had an amazing opportunity to talk to someone who's not only been a faithful person in their, their, uh, their walk with with God, but also a person who is living out their faith. I think a lot of times we see and hear about people who are kind of in the limelight or they get a lot of attention, but it may not seem like it lines up with, you know, their character or their personality. But this is, I assure you, a person who um, has the character to back up the works that she's doing and 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 she has a, a proven track record of changing people's lives through just interacting with them and not looking for glory in it and so these are the people that we want to highlight on the switchback because they deserve to be mentioned and um and and god is excited about them as well so thank you so much rita for jumping on with me mm -hmm. it was fun thank you for asking me oh no problem yeah we we definitely got to get an update and, and continue to keep up with the abolition baker and we'll make sure we put all of the information to your links and uh your um email for those who may be interested in ordering or hearing more and connecting with you in the near future okay i appreciate that no problem thank you i just want to do god's will beloved community scripture as well as race and identity climbing this mountain this is your podcast My life. My life.